The Once and Future Nerd is independently produced. If you're enjoying the show and would like to support us, visit onceinfuturenerd.com support to find out how you can help. Listening to this show on an iOS device? Leave us a rating on iTunes, please. Today, win or lose, live or die, today you leave your mark on history. The Once and Future Nerd. Book One, Princes of Jordan. Chapter 10. The Evening Redness in the West. Episode 1 My dearest listeners, I am both honoured and saddened to tell you that we are rapidly approaching the climax of this portion of the tale. Six seasons and a movie! Quiet, mortal, you're interfering with the tone! Where was I? Ah, right. Conclusion of the book. And although I have endeavoured to relay the story as truthfully as possible, well, it is the undeniable nature of stories that the teller influences the tale, and in turn the tale changes the teller. If by the end of the day the story turns in a direction which surprises you, please forgive this wood sprite. I've done the best I can. Speaking of awkward transitions... Bryce Riverfell was doing the best he could to prepare the fort of Freehold for the battle with Traft's orcs. Men were rushing around, finding their places and relaying messages. Despite Bryce's training, the atmosphere held a tinge of panic. Although, to be fair, it was only due to Bryce's training that this panic was held to but a tinge. Riverfell himself was the maestro of the chaos. I want all our ballistas on this wall loaded with pitch. Lighters wait for Gareth's command, then send them all the fucking fire we can. Gareth, as soon as we have a prayer of hitting Traft's engines, you light them and loose them. We got plenty of pitch, but we need to thin out his catapults and rams, and we need to see through that fog. All ballistas facing north, south, and east get the three-inch bolts ready. They're not just going to run at the front door like a bunch of morons. The medic who is called the Professor emerged from the stairway in the wall. Roin, don't you have civilians in your charge? They're awake, and they can fight. Fight? What, are you shitting me? The girl's a mage, Bryce. A damned good one. I think we can use her. For God's sakes, Roin. They can't have more than, what, 16, 17 years on them? Sounds near right. And if they'd like to see 18, we need to win this battle. Good mage, huh? If what the men say is true, I understand now why the Templars wanted them, which is another thought that occurs to me. No one that age is supposed to be that good at combative magic. You don't trust her, but you want me to put her on our lines. Not just on the lines, on the front lines. If she isn't to be trusted, she can do us a lot less harm out in front than within the walls. You're talking about a child like a pawn on a game board. Yes, Bryce, and you're a god's damn general. 
Bryce grimaced, but waved at his lieutenant to go ahead. As the professor ran to fetch the children, a messenger ran up to Bryce. General Riverfell, the half-orc requests parley. A few minutes later, Bryce Riverfell led a small squad of guardsmen out into the open plain beyond the keep. An icy wind blew across the open space. The few men were dwarfed by the height of the walls and the bleak expanse of the plains. Far ahead of them loomed a wall of dark, Templar-conjured fog. In a beautiful display of symmetry, a squad of orcs emerged from the fog and the two parties approached each other to parley. They halted when they were twenty yards apart. Bryce's men stood in precise formation, the orcs in a loose semicircle. Riverfell and Traft stared at each other across the divide. At a gesture from Bryce, the guardsmen brought forward a tent. Traft and Riverfell sat alone around a small fire in the newly erected tent. Traft took a deep swig from a leather flask before offering it to Bryce. Bryce waved it away. Too old for that shit, man. All my men were dead sure this was a trap. What'd you tell them? That I appreciated their counsel, but I was the only general around. They follow you, even when they don't quite believe you. And the civic guardsmen learned pretty early to follow orders. Don't sell yourself short, General. I think it's you they follow. You could use that. Gotta admit you impressed me, kid. Never expected anyone would get this many orcs to fight all together. Don't think the elves did either. In a way, I got the elves to think. Only thing clans all agree on these days is hating the elves. Well, there's certainly no saints. Bryce, it's not too late to get on the right side of this thing. You kind of lost the high ground when you opened the battle with a sneak attack. Your boys almost killed three sick kids. I saw a tactical chance. Can't blame me for that. I can blame you for siding with the Templars. I wasn't about to refuse the help. There's some sick bastards, and you know it. What happened to you, kid? You know damn well what happened. You know damn well who did it to me. You sit there and tell me I lost the high ground? I'm not saying things don't need to change, but what are you going to do, man? Burn down everything? If I have to. You didn't really kill all of Ironhurst's kids, did you? Tell me they're making that up. They've made up a lot of lies about me, but that ain't one. God damn, man. Easterners need to understand. They need to know what it's like to never be safe in your own skin. They need to fear the way we fear. But little kids, they didn't do anything. Neither did ours. Don't make it right for you to just do the same. Maybe not, but it takes the extreme to shake people out of their wicked routines. Too comfortable otherwise. You don't have to be the monster they say you are. I tried when I was young. I did everything I was supposed to. The model of chivalry. The lap dog of the elves. And they called me a monster anyway. Might as well be a monster who fights for right. You know I can't let you through. Not if you're bringing God's damn Templars. Not if you're gonna string up little kids. I'm not asking you to let us through. 
I'm asking you to join us. Fuck, man, you know what I'm gonna say. I do. But everyone deserves a choice. This is your last chance to get on the right side. You both know your life's ending soon either way. Mine too. Give your soul a chance. Bryce Riverfell peered into the fire. After a long consideration, he reached for the flask and took a gulp of the moonshine inside. Sorry, man. I got too many chickens in this coop. You think you're keeping people safe? River folk are only as safe as the wood folk let you be. One day the elves will run out of the use for you. And then? The coop's not safe when the farmers are wolves. Hmm. And shit all runs downhill eventually. Doesn't mean we have to live in the latrine. Shit runs where you dig a ditch. <sighs> Some hard-ass ground you're digging in. You've gotten soft in your old age, General. Sword hasn't. Find me on the field and tell me how soft I've gotten. Oh, I certainly will. I used to knock you on your ass every time we sparred. <laughs> of course you did. When second helpings of dinner were on the line, nothing could stop you. Yeah, well, our rations were different. The rest of us weren't Relotit's personal charity project. <laughs> that bloodthirsty old bitch taught me some pretty neat tricks. I'll give her that, at least. Now that I'd like to see. You'll see more than you ever wanted. Half-hour passage to get back to our lines? Go ahead. Take an hour. I know how age can slow a man down. With a small wave, Bryce Riverfell turned and left his erstwhile comrade behind. Atop the ramparts of Freehold, the three children looked out over the field of the impending battle. The professor was supervising, but from a few paces away, leaving the children a final few minutes of privacy. Jenny, you sure about this? I have to do something. Those guys out there look serious. You know, it's funny. What is? I'm not nervous. I used to get nervous before wild raids, even though I was an expert. Sweaty palms, heart racing, all that stuff. And here we are, real battle, and way over our heads. And I'm not nervous. Scared, but not nervous. I'm scared too, but I'm done hiding. Where do you want me, Professor? Us. Where do you want us? Just then, Bryce returned to the ramparts by means of a stairwell. Professor? I take it terms were not reached. You three understand this is for real. This is war, and I can't promise we'll win it. What's more, if we lose, I can promise we'll be given no quarter at all. If we bail, and you lose? There's nowhere to hide anyway, is there? Nope, I don't suppose there is. Well, then where do you want us? Do you think Trafters won't to feign to the north or south before his first wave, General? I'd figure both if he can spare the troops. He's gonna wanna draw fire from our engines away from his. Uh, Jen, was it? I want you on the north wall. Professor, put more of our pike on the south, but give these three a personal guard. Treat them like fucking royalty. Heavy armor for their guard? No, steel's no good. We can't all afford moon silver, honey. No metal. Leather. Orcs will likely be wearing pilfered steel. I'm counting on it. If I do a strong enough spell, I can't really predict how it's gonna arc. 
Of the four men present, only the professor had any idea what any of those words meant, and even he could barely comprehend how they could possibly relate to magic. For a moment, they all just stared at Jen, before a shout interrupted their silence. Cover! All of the Civic Guard had been drilled in how to respond to this call. The children were not. Bryce and the professor had to haul the kids below the ramparts just before a hail of arrows fell around them. So now you know what to do when someone yells cover. Archers! As the orc volley finished, the Freehold soldiers stood smoothly, released their own volley of flaming arrows, and ducked right back down. And with that, the Battle of Freehold had begun. Heavy shields! Protect the engineers. Unleash the ballistas. When your guard gets here, you're going to move around to the north. Get from cover to cover between the volleys and trust the shield bearers. They're good at their jobs. Time to nut up or shut up. This comment prompted a raised eyebrow from Jen. I meant it like a, a metaphor. That is a metaphor, right? No, it's not. I mean, you're going to do great, Jenny. You have, like, serious lady nuts now. No, I don't. What in God's name are lady nuts? Everyone knows what I meant. Did you, did you ever think of maybe reading the book? I'm working on my vocabulary, okay? I am an immortal being. I have spoken in the language of men, of elves, of trees, of rivers, even of squirrels who often talk of nothing but nuts. Lady nuts, however. Ah, Billy never ceases to amaze me. Right, anyway. Billy was saved his embarrassment by the arrival of the Shield Bearer Brigade. These are your boys. Listen when they say cover, and they'll keep you free of any holes you don't want. As if to demonstrate, the twelve soldiers threw their heavy oaken shields up just as another rain of arrows fell. All the shafts fell harmlessly into the thick wood. Go. Now. Billy, Jen, and Nelson ran to the northern wall of Freehold, accompanied by their guard detail. The rebel forces had advanced to the base of the wall itself in this quarter, and thick Templar fog had brought premature midnight to the battle. Arrows were falling, men were screaming, and countless orcs were swarming the walls, trying to climb up and establish a foothold on the battlements. The men were holding, but the orc numbers were great. Slowly, the freehold garrison was giving up precious territory atop the walls. None of the combatants paid any notice at all to the newcomers joining the battle. That is, nobody paid any notice until a bolt of blue lightning shot from a young woman's hands into an orc, just as he was cresting the top of the wall. Another bolt of lightning, another orc down. This bolt, as Jen had predicted, arced from the metal armor of one orc to another of his compatriots, and again to a nearby freehold guardsman who did not get the message or chose to ignore it. Jen, for her part, either did not see her ally crumple to the ground or else forced herself to ignore it. She passed through the battle as if accompanied by an avatar of the gods. The shield-bearers protected her from arrows, Billy and Nelson protected her flanks with short swords, and Jen brought electric death to the orcs. Soon the battle had turned. The orc battalion turned to flee, running from the blue lightning. 
they ran straight past their squad of Templars, who had been busy conjuring the smoke. The three hooded and masked figures stopped their chant and watched Jen's magic from afar. With a nod from their leader, the three turned and calmly floated away. Atop the freehold battlements, the obvious effect of this was the lifting of the preternatural fog. Moonlight hit the soldiers in the aftermath of that skirmish. Hell yeah, get the fuck out! They'll be back with another wave. Yeah, and we'll kick their asses just like we kicked these guys' asses. Jen will lightning the shit out of them. Jenny, that was... Jen? Jen was slumped against the battlement wall. Her breathing was shallow and her eyes glazed. Is she hit? What the fuck? You were supposed to protect us. There weren't any arrows, though. Jen! Jen! <gasps> With a start and a gasp, Jen returned to alertness. What happened? I don't know. All of a sudden, I was like... Outside of myself. That was... Not fun. The Templars, who had retreated from the front, returned swiftly to their quarters behind Traft's lines. They knelt beside a chest covered in strange and frightening runes, and, producing from their pockets keys of an eldritch design, opened the chest. It was packed with a coarse black powder. What follows in our tale is... well... It will be no more pleasant for me to tell than for you to hear. Mercifully, at around the same time as the Battle of Freehold, there was much else happening in the realm which will prove significant to our tale. So if you'll forgive this lapse in temporal verisimilitude, I would like to tell of these other events before we must return to the grim, grisly inevitable. For additional information and bonus content, access onceandfuturenerd.com on your computer machine. New episodes are released every other Sunday. The Once and Future Nerd is written and created by Zach Glass and Christian Madeira, and directed by Christian Madeira. It is performed by... Rhiannon Angel Garrett Arman Dan Dobransky Lily Draxler Anya Gibeon Ian Harkins Paul Notice Frank Queres, Julie Reed, Gregory M. Schultz. It is co-executive produced by Jess Kelly. Alex Story is an associate producer. The Once and Future Nerd is recorded by Brian Forbes at the Gallery Recording Studio in Brooklyn, New York, with additional audio engineering by Sam Palumbo. Foley sound design and mixing is done by Sandra Ramirez. This episode was edited by Josh Perot. Theme music is composed by Tom Lee. Additional music by Christopher Montalvo. Thanks for downloading. 